Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who don't necessarily love or even like cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. I am going to be talking about perspective. Is it in Ratatouille where the food critic, that's what I always think of when I hear that word, a healthy dose of perspective. Anyway, um, so I'm going to be talking about perspective, but before I get into that, I want to make sure that you um, go visit our podcast sponsor, and that is Linda Sears, independent distributor for Lilla Rose. Lilla Rose creates a beautiful line of hair accessories. Um, Let me explain what is different about these, if I can, three words. I'm going off script here, all right? But I had a hair clip which was not a clip in college that was the best I've ever had in my entire life until Linda sent me some little rose. Um, this was like a, a it, but it, cause it wasn't a clip. Like it wasn't anything with like squeezy and, you know, shutting and all that kind of stuff. It was like this thing and then it had a stick and the stick wove through the thing. And I just remember loving that hair accessory so much because I could shape my hair the way I wanted to. And putting in the clip didn't change the pressure and the tension and make it tighter. You know, it was the thing I could use and my hair looked soft and romantic and all that kind of stuff, um, without, you know, giving me the facelift look like some hair clips would do. Anyway, Lilla Rose, but the problem with that was it was two pieces and it was plastic. And so half the time I couldn't find one of the pieces <clears throat> because I'm me. And then um, eventually it broke. I don't spend a lot of time in the hair accessories aisle. But I, when I would be in a hair accessories aisle, I would look for a clip like that and never was able to find one again. But Lilla Rose works on that same concept. But it is connected so the two pieces can't be lost from one another. And it's also made out of metal. The actual like um, stick thing that goes through is made out of metal. Um, it's got a little notch in it, so it holds it perfectly into place. So this is the thing that I have found that reminds me of that one that I used to have when, honestly, when I was more obsessed with my hair anyway, back then in college. But it's also one, um, it's much better quality, higher quality, much more beautiful than what I had back then. So just to give you an idea of how these things work, they are not your normal, they are not hair clips. That's not what to think of them as. It's something different. Um, so I recommend that you go check that out. Go to aslobcomesclean.com slash Lilla Rose, all one word, and it will take you to Linda's independent distributor, um, site that will show you what they are and what they can do. So, All right, we are talking about perspective today because this is something that has been going through my head. Um, I think it goes through my head a lot in the Christmas holidays, but just wanted to talk about this. Um, This is something that we talked about in my um, Bible study class on Sunday this week that my husband and I are in. And we are going through a study right now called A Life Well Lived, and it's by Tommy Nelson. He is a pastor at Denton Bible Church, which I've never been to, but that's not too far from me. Um, But 
it's on the book of Ecclesiastes, which is not really a book, um, in case you're not a uh, believer, then um, maybe you have no idea. But if you are, you probably are like, yeah, I've never really studied Ecclesiastes very much. Um, it's a lot about perspective. It's a lot about, um, you know, looking at life. Life is hard. And so how do we deal with that? Anyway, but it, not that I'm going to go into that because that's not what I'm talking about in this podcast, but we got to talking in our group about perspective because, you know, a lot of the message is live the life that you have right now. Live in the moment. Enjoy the moment that you have because you're not guaranteed any other moments. Um, and I, like I said, this is an overall thing, so please don't quote me on the thing, but that's what we were talking about. And that is something that I have striven, is striven a word? Strived, strove for throughout my life. Um, I, there was a speaker at a graduation that I went to when I was like in fourth grade. If you have a fourth grader, explain to them that graduations are super boring and they're not exciting no matter what people say. Um, so unless you have someone you love graduating, it's really not worth it. So I remember for one realizing, wow, graduations are super boring, but, uh, also I, I did get something from the speaker and I'm glad that I was there because the speaker talked about enjoying each phase of life for what it is living each phase of life for the one that I am in at that moment, not throwing away this phase of life, looking forward to the next phase of life. My 14 year old about to be 15 year old is coaching my 10 year olds, um, basketball team this year. My husband is technically the coach, but my 14 year old loves coaching. And so he is really taking that on and he's doing a good job. But you know, it's funny because he's so, this is the same child who at one point when he was like, I think in second grade, he's like, mom, why don't they ever just teach us what we need to know right now? And what he meant was all of his teachers in kindergarten would say, well, you have to know this for first grade. And then in first grade, they would say, well, we have to know this for second grade. And then in second grade, they would say, well, you have to know this for third grade. He was like, why can't we just learn what we need to learn right now? And, um, and then he's coaching now and he's uh, determined that he's going to get these kids ready for junior high basketball. And I'm like, honey, (laughs) they need to enjoy fifth and sixth grade basketball for what it is right now. Don't forget, you know, how you feel about, and you felt about that same kind of stuff when you were younger, but you know, living in the moment. Yes, of course we have to prepare for the future. Of course we have to think ahead to things, but living in that moment is such a relief, honestly. And it just really got me thinking about perspective. One of the things we were talking about, you know, people were, they were kind of joking around. We have a lot of fun in our class anyway. Um, but we were joking around and people were like, oh, well, you know, to me, the definite, I think one of the questions was, what was the definition of success? And, um, somebody's like, well, it was, and they named off everything that this other couple in the class has that, you know, anyway, um, it's having this and, you know, it's funny because then talking about it, everybody's like, well, you know, what you have over there 
to me sounds like the definition of success. But then you ask that person who has that thing and they have some other definition of, you know, well, if I had such and such, which may be what somebody with more money has, or it might even be just what you have, you know, so it's just this perspective of realizing there is no such thing as being like, okay. I mean, I, 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 I don't want to say there's no such thing. Well, the reality is the more you have, the more you have to maintain, the more stress that is, you know, one of the things that the speaker was talking about in the study that Tommy Nelson was talking about was, you know, talking to the guy who owns this huge company and the guy who owns the huge company that he's worked and worked and worked his way up to, he makes so much more money now. He has so much more responsibility. He's like, I really miss the days when I was the cashier, when I first started and I had just gotten married and we lived in a rent house and we had a baby and we just barely had enough money to be able to do anything. But it's like life was so much simpler then, you know, so just having that perspective on enjoy where you are instead of going, well, if only such and such were to happen, then I would be happy. Um, okay. So just some things that that's made me think about for my husband and I, when we first got married, we lived in an apartment and we were kind of in this phase of, he was looking for, um, you know, a, a job in his career, which we knew would mean possibly moving, but, um, you know, we're kind of looking at different options of where that would be. And so we would look around this place where we lived and we worked and we would look at houses and we think, what could we maybe afford? You know, and we, I think we even went to a realtor once, even though we, we weren't for sure, for sure, this is where we're going to be. Cause we knew he'd have to get um, a different job for us to be the one that would justify like committing to live there for a long time. But anyway, we had this and we, um, I remember looking and thinking, wow, you know, I think we could afford this house. That's, you know, the, the most plain, most, um, you know, lowest end of anybody that we know, you know, we were like, okay, well, we're being really, really, um, I don't know, practical maybe, you know, like, okay, well, we're so super practical and we're, we're willing to get the lowest end kind of, you know, house of anybody that we know. And that would be perfectly fine with us. Aren't we wonderful? Whatever. Well, then we ended up moving about two and a half hours away from there because of the job that he got. And it was a much smaller area and it was a very different kind of a culture. And so we bought a house that was very much along the same lines as the one we had thought was the lowest end of things, um, in the place where we had lived before and looked around at houses we bought a house there. Well, then we started, you know, kind of getting to know people and all. And over time, as we started to see a lot of other people who were perfectly satisfied and I mean, as much as anybody is, but perfectly happy living in their homes, we realized, wow, this home that we thought was the lowest end of what we could do, like here we were being so super practical was like way better more than what we really, really needed. Cause we would see people who were living in homes that were, you know, two thirds, the size, sometimes maybe half the size of what we had. And we didn't have a huge house, but you know, people who were living in much smaller houses, much older homes. Um, and they were perfectly fine. And it really changed our perspective 
on what we needed, which I feel like, you know, then we moved four years after that. And that became, it really changed what we were looking for in a home. You know, our perspective on what we needed and what we'd be fine with was really different than it had been before because if we were just more, even though we didn't realize it and we would have said that we weren't, we were comparing ourselves to what everybody else had and instead kind of having this completely different perspective changed that for us. And we saw it differently and that helped. Another thing was, you know, we had thought that first time we moved and first bought a house, we were like, the country, we want to live in the country. And we didn't buy like actual land, but we had a half acre. Um, and then we had two little boys and this half acre had stickers. Now, if you, if where you live, they don't have stickers. Let me just tell you, they are, um, evil, like completely and totally evil. They come out in, I'm thinking it's a Texas, Oklahoma kind of thing because they come out specifically, I'm sure there's other places, but specifically when it's the hottest, 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 hottest part of the summer, like crazy hot. And they are not the kind of stickers like, Oh, there's something stuck to my sock. (laughs) You know, we're talking like you step on it and you feel like you have stepped on a nail. Like it hurts so horribly bad. I mean, it just, it's horribly painful. And we had them. So, so we had this half acre and you know, we'd called about getting whatever treatments done to it, um, which was way outside of our budget. We couldn't possibly afford to have the half acre that was the nice big yard we wanted treated to not actually have those thorny stickers in it the way that, you know, we desperately wanted to not have them. So my kids here, we had this great big yard, but my kids couldn't really play in it comfortably. Cause you know, when they're little and they're falling down all the time, they would get stickers. I mean, that's how bad they were. Like if you walked through certain parts of the yard at certain times, um, you would just, your entire shoes, socks, shoelaces, everything were just covered in these horrible stickers. So it's like, Oh yay, We have half acre. Oh yeah. It's not really what we thought because it's also got these stickers in it. Well then my husband would, um, the, and the, the lawn people told us the very best thing you can do is to bag your grass. And so that you're not just spreading those stickers out again. Um, so we have a half acre and we can't just mow it. We have to actually bag the grass, which went my, meant my, you know, which meant my husband was spending a lot of time working on the yard when we had two little kids at home, like little teeny tiny kids. And I was in those new days of stay at home momness where I was like, you're home, you're home. Oh wait, you have to go spend two hours in the yard tonight. Oh wait, you have to go spend another two hours. So, you know, changing our perspective on that, that helped us when we found, bought a house when we moved after that to go, yeah, we don't need all that huge amount of space because there's a lot to maintain when you have that. Now we maybe could have found something without stickers, but it was like, no, we needed that. Now we're in a house with a really tiny yard and we're like, we wish we had a bigger yard. And instead of me going, Oh, wouldn't it be nice if I had a bigger yard? Believe me, I go to other people's homes who have all this land and the kids just run and run and run. And I'm like, Oh, and then I think, wait, they spend a lot of time maintaining this and I'm actually okay with 
not having that. Okay. Um, yes, we would like to look for something at some point that has a little more, but trying to have that perspective of what does it actually require to maintain that. Um, and just letting myself as I experience life, just go, okay, that was a failure. Let me let it change my perspective so that I can do things better in the future. Um, one of the things that really got me thinking about this was, um, I had two different Christmas parties in my house that I've had already. And, um, one of them was for teenagers and one of them was for adults. The teenagers were all teenagers who I know they're friends of my kids. Um, but a lot of them hadn't been in our home. Like the girls hadn't, we have boys. So the girls hadn't been in our home before. Um, most of the boys had, but, um, the adult party was basically all people who had never been in my home before and people I don't really know that well. We might be friends on Facebook and I might see there, okay, I finished my tree. And it's like, that looks like a magazine, you know? And so that, I had to kind of just let it go. Well, we had the teenager party first and this sweet girl, 14 year old girl walks in and she's just like, your home is so pretty. And she was so genuine. Your home is so pretty. Oh, I love your Christmas decorations. And I, it just did my heart so much good. Cause I know this girl's mama is way more fashionable than me, but she was so sweet about it that that helped me with my perspective for the group that was coming several days later of people who I don't know as well. And people who honestly kind of were making me nervous about them seeing my house and how it is not any kind of a decorator, decorator type of house. Um, and seeing that just made me go, or her, you know, showing me that perspective that she thought it was wonderful. That just helped me chill out. And here's a big part of my perspective on all of this. A lot of my perspective has changed through the years of having this slob blog, um, knowing that I, there are people in this world, there are many, many, many people in this world who need to see imperfection in other people. Some of them respond more graciously to that imperfection than others, but there are a lot of people who need to see. That's why I think what I do is fairly successful. There are a lot of people who need to see, oh, so not everybody's out. Not everybody else's home is perfect. Ah, okay, good. You know, that, that is a gift for me to give people. I used to only worry, and I don't want to say only, but I would work and work and work on my house. I would stress out about it. Hope that I noticed everything and be so paranoid about what people were going to think of me if I missed something horribly embarrassing in my cleaning efforts. And through this whole blogging process of realizing, wow, there are a lot of people out there who need to know that it's not super easy for everybody in the world, but them. It's helped me change my perspective on letting people into my home. Yes, I want it to be clean and comfortable and I don't want them to be grossed out or be afraid to eat or whatever. I want people to be comfortable. But there are a lot of people who need to see an imperfect home. They need to see that 
not everybody has the designer decorator tree. My ornaments don't match at all. Like not even the littlest bit. They don't match at all. They are randomly collected from all over the place. I love it personally. My kids think it's perfectly fine. I guarantee you if there were 30 people in my home the other day, which there were about maybe a few less than that, there were people who probably thought, wow, okay, all right. But I, I know from my perspective and what I've experienced, there were people in this home, I don't know who they are, but there were people who needed to see, oh, okay, not everybody has a perfect decorated house. Um, this kind of brings me to, and this makes me laugh, but I got my first negative review on Amazon, which honestly because of perspective, I have no problem with, like, it doesn't even, I was kind of like ready for it because I know there's going to be negative reviews. Let me just tell you just a little backstory on that. When I wrote 28 days to hope for your home, I initially released it only through like buying it as a PDF through my website. And the reason was that I was petrified to put it on Amazon because of the whole review thing. I thought, well, somebody's going to read it and they're not going to understand and they're going to hate it and they would leave reviews. And so that scared me after it was, you know, fairly successful and I was getting good feedback. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. But that was so scary to me. And as I would get a negative review here or there on that, Yes, it stung. It was very, it was criticism. And so it stung at first, but then I started to see something. Some people would just be like, this is stupid. And you're like, okay, well that didn't tell anybody anything anyway, whatever. But if somebody actually wrote a thoughtful, like well-worded review on why they didn't like this book and they only gave it one or two stars or whatever, they would say basically things that people needed to know about the book. So for example, with 28 days to your home, 28 days to hope for your home, the, the bad reviews basically were things like, this is so ridiculously simple. Seriously, how do some people not know this kind of stuff? Like, what is the big deal about reminding somebody to do their dishes? Like, oh my goodness, I can't believe anyone would need to be talked through this kind of stuff. And I realized, okay, those are actually really good reviews because the person who needs to see, who needs to, who's desperate, the person who 28 days to hope for your home was written for the person who's like, I don't get it. They're skeptical. And so those negative reviews are probably the ones they're going to read. And those are the ones that make them go, okay, yeah. So this person is being critical that this is so ridiculously simple, which confirms that it's actually going to be simple enough for me, you know, because they're the person who's been like, yeah, I just feel like it's a foreign language when I read an organizing book, you know, so that kind of stuff, having me having the perspective on that, but then allowing just saying it's okay, because that perspective is helpful to someone else. And my home being imperfect is actually helpful. And that perspective, me looking at it that way, allows me to take a deep breath and let people in the front door and say, this is my reality. And maybe it'll help you feel either feel better about your home because you're like, wow, I'm not that bad. Or it makes you go, oh, here's a happy, healthy family that's living in a home that's not 
decorated like it's in a magazine. Ah, okay. So it really is because I'm telling you that it's like us with that house. When we thought that we thought that this was the very lowest, you know, least fancy house we could possibly get, you know, it's like, Oh, that's, you know, that's, that's the lowest, but that's what we're willing to do. And then to realize, Oh yeah. To other people, that was a mansion, you know, and, and just having that perspective shift is really, really key. Um, so anyway, my new, my, um, negative review, which by the time this comes out, I mean, there's always new reviews coming up, but there's almost a hundred y'all. If you could leave a review, if you've read the book, I would so greatly appreciate it. Cause I'm excited to get to a hundred reviews, but, um, so anyway, the first negative review, let me see if I can find it real quick was, um, basically, uh, if you need, if you need a cheerleader to help you do the dishes and do your laundry and sweep the kitchen floor or something like that, I'm not, I'm not reading it. So I'm no, not exactly, but, um, <laughs> then I guess this is the book for you, but if you need actual like real cleaning organization or wisdom or whatever, then this is not it anyway. But it, it was like, well, you know what? Perspective wise, sh- this person's right. You know, I mean, this person is, um, right. That if you need a cheerleader to help you do those basic things, then it's totally the book for you. So, you know, having that perspective and going, okay, that is a different way to look at it. That makes me able to relax, which makes me willing to move forward. And that that's the key. I have to change. I have to readjust my perspective to the point where I'm willing to keep moving forward because it's when I just go, well, what's the point? And that's when I need a, a perspective shift. But here's the funny part to me. Oh, it was on Goodreads. No, it wasn't. No, there's one on Amazon, but there's a negative review on Goodreads too. But what is so funny to me about the one on Goodreads, I don't remember what that one said, but anyway, um, was they had, you, I guess you can add a category or something like suggest a category that you would put this book in. And on Goodreads, it was, um, home decorating. <laughs> Are you laughing? Cause I, anyway, <clears throat> if you're not, I'm embarrassed, but like that was so funny to me. Cause I was like, well, obviously this person's perspective was incorrect when they read the book because they thought it was a home decorating book. And, um, it's so not at all by any means or stretch of the imagination. But anyway, so, you know, just ha- saying this is the perspective shift, other things to do. Um, you know, one of the things that really made me think about this is here, I'm stressing over my home and trying to adjust my perspective that, you know, the teenagers thought it was great and thought it was lovely. And which means that I guarantee you there's, you know, people in this world who, you know, this is perfectly great too, you know, and, and then having that perspective that I was trying to use to help myself be okay with all these, you know, grown people who were going to be in my house that I didn't know very well. Um, but then I read this, I didn't actually read the article, which is honestly a pet peeve of mine as a blogger, but I read the, whatever the little thing that came across Facebook, you know, and it was about, um, I think, a, you know, kids or some, somebody who was working on getting Christmas trees for, you know, families that couldn't afford a Christmas tree. And I was just like, oh yeah, there's a lot of people in this world who would just be happy for a Christmas tree. And there are a lot of children who don't even have that. And then, yeah, I lived in Thailand and I've seen people living in a village of 
cardboard boxes and, you know, just that perspective change. And even though I consider myself someone to, you know, have traveled in the world, have been in third world countries, you know, whatever that means exactly, but, you know, have, have seen people who live with like almost nothing. I've experienced that and seen that, but just getting caught up in life and having to have those moments where you go, it's like, I just have to physically shake my head and say, I need a perspective change. You know, I need to change my perspective on what I've got. I guarantee you there's someone out there who has it worse. Because if you have any kind of a device where you can be listening to a podcast, somebody has it worse than you. You know, for one thing, you've got the hope. I mean, you've, you've got access to 113 podcasts of somebody yakking on and on and on about cleaning and organizing from the disorganized person's perspective. And, you know, I mean, like that, just that perspective of, okay, well, I've got something or I have a roof over my head that's housing all of my clutter or whatever. But, you know, just that perspective change, thinking along those lines. So look for those ways to change your perspective, either talk with someone or have, you know, have those conversations with people that are, um, difficult, you know, and, and, and go volunteer or, you know, I'll just be honest with you. We like to do the things where it's very simple ways of volunteering. Um, you know, just the, I I know it's over now for this year, but the, um, shoe boxes operation Christmas child, um, those shoe boxes, you know, those are a great perspective changer because when you start to realize how much a child somewhere is going to be thrilled to have a toothbrush and, and toothpaste and small things that can fit in a shoe box, that that's just going to brighten their world completely. It's really a perspective changer. Um, so finding those ways to look at something from a perspective of someone who doesn't have as much as you have. Um, okay. I think I have been yakking for quite a while. Um, oh yeah, it's been a while. Okay. Um, and here's, here's some parenting advice, even though I don't give parenting advice and the older my kids get, the more glad I am that I don't give parenting advice because, um, let me just tell you something. Um, they're like their own people. Yeah. Yeah. There's no such thing as, you know, anyway, um, I love my kids and I honestly have great kids, but yeah, I just, the older they get, the more I'm like, Oh, thank you, Lord, that I did not start a blog about parenting. Let me tell you that. Okay. So, um, anyway, one thing that I will say for us is that I, I miss, and that's why I'm talking about this and I'm glad that we did it. And that is it was always my goal to manage my children's perspective. When they were young enough, I would manage their perspective. And I know this is like too little too late for those of y'all listening and actually needing any of this, but, um, you know, I would, I would plant in their head what they needed for Christmas. So if I'm like, you know what, my boys need a basketball goal and they need, you know, they, they need that because they're at the age where they need to, you know, that's something that they enjoy and they've done it at somebody else's house. And I realized, yeah, we need a basketball goal. We don't, how do we not have one? Whatever. Um, I would plan it in their head 
that you need a basketball goal or, Oh, my daughter was getting to the age where she really, really, you know, I seen her love playing in a dollhouse. Well, left to their own devices, they're coming up with all these crazy ideas like iPads and video cameras and phones and which my kids learned really early on that was never going to happen. But, um, at least for Christmas kind of gifts, but for that, you know, it's like I would plan it in her head. I would run across one at a really great price at Costco and I would go ahead and buy it. And then I would plant in her head that, um, this is what you're going to, you know, ask for, or, um, you know, just that kind of stuff. I, I do see the benefits of that. Um, my kids have, their expectations are very practical for Christmas because, you know, we early on before they knew any better, we really tried to manage their perspective on what your expectations are going to be for Christmas. And I know, I know that on the TV shows, kids make these crazy long lists and stuff, but if you don't do it that way, then your kids are going to know the way that you do it. So anyway, you know, trying to manage those perspectives and, and finding, and I'm always looking for opportunities for, I mean, I'm not terribly successful at it, but I am always looking for opportunities for them to experience and see that not everyone lives the way that we do, you know, I mean that in a, you know, a lot of people in this world don't have what we have, you know, so let's, let's try as a family to be exposed to that kind of stuff. And just that alone will really change perspective. Um, even if it's, you know, just using that as your reason for going through, um, and decluttering before Christmas, you know, saying, Hey, did you know that, there is a, cause you know, we have them around. I mean, they're, they're more prevalent than I ever realized before, but you know, do you know, there's a children's home down the road that houses kids, you know, you know, we pass such and such place when we go to grandma's house that, and you know what that is, that's a place for kids who don't have moms and dads. And so they don't have anybody to buy them Christmas presents. And you know, so why don't we go through your stuff and the stuff that's really, really good. Um, we can, you know, give that to somebody who needs it, or let's go buy presents to donate to these different, you know, organizations that help with that. Um, in case you're concerned, I mean, believe me, I know I, I got real cynical when I grabbed something off of an angel tree one time and they asked for an iPad and an Xbox. And I was like, yeah, I don't buy that for my own kids. But anyway, but I do know my, um, I have a good friend who's done foster care quite a bit. And she has, she said on Facebook one year, she was like, thank you so much to those of you who donate to these toy drives for foster kids, because she had gotten two new girls. You know, she had her own two girls and she'd already shopped for Christmas for them. And then they had a placement of two other girls, you know, two girls come in as foster kids in their phone, in their home. And, um, it was like three days before Christmas. And she was like, well, what am I supposed to do? Because, you know, I've already gotten Christmas for my kids and I want to make sure that they get an equal Christmas to that. Cause we don't want them to feel like, you know, we want them to make sure they feel that they're part of the family. And so through this, you know, gifts for foster kids, she was able to go to whatever place it was. I don't know. I'm not giving great details, but she was able to go to the place and get them gifts so that the girls that had just I mean, honestly, that's a traumatic experience for those children. You know, right before Christmas, they're having to go out of the home they're familiar with and into a home with complete strangers. And so she was able, because of the generosity of people who've donated to those toy drives, she was able to go and, um, 
and get gifts for these girls so that they could all have a Christmas and they could feel totally and completely part of that new family that they had just joined a few days before. So there really is purpose behind those kinds of things. And those are a great way to help with your kid's perspective or help with your own perspective around this time of year. Okay. So I'm going to stop there. Um, don't forget to go get your copy of how to manage your home without losing your mind. It is available wherever books are sold and it is available in audio format, either MP3 or downloadable on audible.com, or you can get it as a CD. Somebody was asking how to gift the audio audio version. And that's very easy to do as a CD. Um, You can also get it um, for Kindle or Nook or the other types of e-readers. You can also get it, obviously, in paperback wherever books are sold. So make sure you get that. And I would love it if you would leave a review when you are done, even if it's a bad review. Just give your reason why it's a bad review. But anyway, um, although I hope it's not. Uh, The other thing, too, to remember is that I'm really enjoying. It's small at this point, very small, but getting going on our, um, kindred spirits, Facebook group of, um, it's an exclusive group that is available as a reward for those who are patrons of this show through patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Um, if you are a patron at the $5 level, then one of your rewards is that you can be part of this exclusive Facebook group where I am determined like steely determination that it will remain a safe environment for um, us to just support one another. And it's really beautiful to see that happening. So um, go to patreon.com slash a slob comes clean to find out how to become a patron. And if you um, are able, uh, what did I just say? Oh, or you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S and uh, there's the link to Patreon there. Okay. Thanks for joining me and I will probably not talk to you next week, but I will have a podcast for you coming out the week after Christmas because we all know, well, you don't, you maybe don't know if you're new to this whole realm of decluttering obsession, um, the week after Christmas, the week between Christmas and New Year's Day is the time when the whole entire world goes decluttering crazy. So there's something crazy about it that happens, but make sure that you're checking in at aslobcomesclean.com. I am going to have a new series of emails that you can sign up for called 30 days of decluttering inspiration to kind of get you through that January time and keep your focus and keep your inspiration high for getting your house under control. So Thanks for joining me and I will talk to you guys after Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye.